please come forward and sit. Nobody should sit behind. Those of you who are instrumentalists, don't worry. And ushers, please, when people come in, bring them to the next seat. They must not sit away. to welcome us to the convention 2019. This is the 29 years of Christ Faith Tabernacle International Churches. I'm sure we're live. I believe very much that this year from the prophetic and from what God has been revealing to us marks a totally different year. I believe that, you know, we are all aware that God has time for everything. According to the book of Ecclesiastes 6.3, there's a time for everything under heaven and a season for every activity. The time that the church of God on earth is now is the time of fulfillment. That is where the church of the living God is. Other times before now, for the past 30 years around, God has spoken, God has revealed, and God, let me say 35, 40 years, God spoke a lot of promises. God manifested and gave us a prototype of what he'll be doing. And we have waited for about 30 years before the Lord to see this year which is the beginning of the fulfillment of what God has said and I think I'm sure that every one of you was is there anyone who wasn't here yesterday night among you if you weren't here now yesterday night we had a, a testimony from Pastor Dapo which if anybody does not understand my prophetic language by yesterday you will have understood that what I'm telling you, I've been telling you, is true. Because just as it was written in the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 8, when the Spirit of the Lord intercepted Philip without his pre-knowledge, he was running for his life, he never expected revival, but he was a devout Christian. And then he decided to share the gospel normally as he does, as a member of the church, not as a minister. And suddenly something happened. The Holy Spirit intercepted, miracles started happening. The Bible says we shriek, evil spirit left people. And he was surprised. And the Bible says that after he had finished the job, he brought the part down, then he called for the apostles to come. Because they are the, they are the, they are the keepers of God's governance, so that governance could be set. And we could see the combination of grace there. Because he, God used him for the miracles, he's a very young man in the spirit, he's not an ordained minister, so it is, he is limited in the grace God gave him. It took an apostle to come to recognize that among those who have followed you is a devil. 
And he took apostles to come and lay hands and they go filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he took the apostles to now set up the government of the church because you did not hear more about Samaria. But what happened is that the converts in Samaria were gathered together. They were divided into groups. And the apostles stayed in their years to raise disciples who carried on the work. And they visited Samaria all the time, including Philip. When we look at that chapter, when Philip was living, the, the story of the eunuch of Ethiopia came. That he met the eunuch. Similar to what happened to, what's the name of the brother now? Brother Karim, I prayed for him all night, and I said, Lord, that's your son that you sent to us. I don't know his name, and I don't know where you have taken him now. And I started praying for him. I know that you have taken him to this city, as he told us. And I started praying for him for provision, for angelic support and stuff like that. And against the devil. So that the enemy, because the enemy will set trials, but the Holy Spirit will destroy all the stuff. So, but I didn't, I didn't know his name. I remember his photograph. And when I prayed, I brought that to my memory. But if you look at what just happened, uh, Philip was was talking with the man, the eunuch of Ethiopia, he had the voice just like Brother Abu Karim. He didn't understand it. But he knew he was the Holy Spirit. He had the voice, you know, stop that man, go to him. And he went to the man and he began to minister. We'll look at all this into details as we look at you and your calling. But then, what we saw, what we had yesterday is just so. Philip disappeared in the brother's line. Brother Karim, they locked him up in the house. The Holy Spirit came into the house and said that, now come out. And he said, but they have locked me. He said, just come. And he said, as he stretched his hand, he saw the hand do turn. Have, did you remember when I told you that angels were walking in my house here? And my son saw the handle of, the, of, my, of, the, of his room, came down, and he screamed. And the door ajar. And he did not. Who are the people working in my house? So some people are walking upstairs. There's somebody just opened my door now, nobody was there. And I said to him, that, Did you not remember I told you that the Lord Jesus is about to visit me? And before he visits, you will see a lot of angelic visitation. And at the end of it, the master will come. And that was what led me to the last visitation of the Lord Jesus in my house in Bilariki. But now, when I said that to you, if you did not understand, Holy Spirit opened the door. Aja said, come out. He came out. The people were sitting down. He did not, he did not, he came out in the flesh, not in the spirit. Because spirit cannot ride on Okada. And he came out in the flesh and he was hearing what they were saying and he walked through their midst and they never saw him. <coughs> I think that buttresses what I've been telling you. You can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that they will shoot guns on you. The bullet cannot penetrate. It cannot penetrate. They will raise their hand to cut you into pieces. Their hand will be stiff until you are passed. And that is the God that we serve. It's not me. But there is something about Brother Abkarim that many of you might have missed. And I tell you, what is about this guy? Before he knew the Lord, it was like Cornelius. He fasted every Monday and Thursday. 
to the unknown God, the devil, then he was serving, he was Muslim. He fasted every Monday and Friday looking for the unknown God, which is the true God. And he prayed all night, each of those days. Probably from 12 to 3, because it particularly mentioned 3 a.m. Can you imagine somebody who does not know the true God, and he was looking for the true God, but he is so committed to his seeking. So, and the Bible says that to those who did not seek me, I reveal myself. And in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 12, it says that then you come and pray to me and you will, you, will, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. We will talk much about that. Because when God, God did not bring up Karim to us, just at the time pastor was coming for the annual conference this year for nothing. If it has nothing to do with this meeting, this conference, God will have allowed this to happen after he left the conference and went home. And I, as your spiritual leader, will never miss what God is saying. Can I say something to us, therefore? I'm sure you all have your writing part. You are going to write a lot in this conference. Why are we here? We are here for a holy convocation to look critically into, one, our calling or ministry, two, our church, three, our work with God. Everything that I'll be treating in this conference will address your calling or what you may call your ministry. The church and then your work with God. The book of Malachi 3.16 says, Then those who fear the Lord talk with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. And I read that to you to help you understand the rules of engagement in this week. You must drop who you are and what you are and pick up a new form that you are not, which is the form, the true form of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You must not be self-concerned in this meeting. It is a meeting where the Holy Spirit will open up, open us up, show us to our, to ourselves, and so that we can now become what He wants us to be. Therefore, what are the aims and objectives of this meeting? We aim to achieve profound insight from God. This insight is into understanding deeper what is the purpose of our being, our calling. What is our role in the church? What is the church? And who are we in the church? And number three, what is required of God, of us by God? How do we walk with God? Second aim 
is enabling capacity. The first one is achieving profound insight from God. Second aim is enabling capacity. The reason why we are exploring into knowledge and insight is to enable our capacity. That is, there are some things that God had put inside us that this conference will address and reveal. And once those things are made known to us, we leave this place and start to apply them. And the purpose of that is number three, to enhance productivity. So we are here to achieve profound insight from God in order to enable our capacity so that we can enhance productivity, and which is in the church of God. And all these that we are looking at will embrace several topics. We will look at the church, church growth. In looking at church growth, I don't talk about history. I talk about Jesus only. Of course, we have histories of revival and all stuff. But when I look at church growth, I don't look at anybody's system under heaven because all of them are failed. The church established for 2,000 years is what I look at. Jesus and the church of the living God. And we'll exploit and we'll find out that it's faultless. Many of you have anxiety. Your anxiety will vanish. Then we look at revival. Not in the context of why we can make reference to worship, revival, and all those. I will not dwell on that because I don't know about them. We will look at revival that we know, which is the Bible. And we will analyze it together and we'll find a way out. We'll look at self-spiritual development and looking at Jesus Christ as the centerpiece as some of apostles of old and new that he had raised. We look at Christian and mental development. I always say to you, under that, if it is thinkable, it is doable. And you will discover that the greatest resource God has given you on earth is your mind. And inability to be able to develop your human mind is consequential to stifling all grace and all good things God will have done through man. So we'll look deeply into Christian and mental development. We'll look at the church of the living God. We'll look at instruments like fasting, prayer, faith and foolishness. The wrong pari pursue. Distinction between faith and foolishness. That is, people can be acting. Both of them demands action or acting. But your acts, how do you know whether it is faith or you are acting in foolishness? Anytime you act in faith, you must get faith results. When you act in foolishness, it may look like faith, but you get foolishness results. And we'll look at both. The finished work of the cross. I've been talking to you about that. I'll just give you a template and we'll finish that. The ministry of healing and deliverance. We'll look at operating in the prophetic word of knowledge. The, uh, operating the prophetic and word of knowledge ministry. We'll look at operations or operating in signs and wonders. How can you operate in those things? We'll look at the supremacy of Christ in the view of finding our own definition 
as brothers of Jesus Christ. We'll look at preparing the church of God or preparing the church for Brexit and its effect. In this one, I will tell you, it's not going to be a day topic. I will speak about it in the midst of end-time church. And I'll cover everything you need to know. When I talk about Brexit, I would rather give you references that you can go and explore and read more if you want. I will make my write-up available. It's just about 30,000 words. If you can read it, good, you read it. If you read my write-up, every information under heaven you need to know about Brexit is in that write-up. Because that write-up deals with global single market. The origin of single market. The first time European Union was mentioned, it was from the church. The Quakers, the founder of the Quakers, he's the one that said there is a need for this continent to be united. And it is working over all that that brought about the unity. When they did not listen to him and the war, the first world war happened, the second world war followed quick. Then they decided that, look, we need to listen to that man of God. And that's how European Union came. And we look at the amalgamations in the world. That is federalism. Uh, we look at um, intergovernmental um, uh, you know, organization. How did they emerge? You will discover they all emerge from, from Christians. And then we look at um, the latest intergovernmental collaboration or cooperation, which you call European Union. The difference between that and ECOWAS. And the difference between there, that and the Latin American amalgamation and the Asian amalgamation. And we will look at the reason why European Union is having problems. Okay? Because it is the force of what they call supranational institution under heaven. Supranational institution is an intergovernmental institution, but it's different from United Nations. It's different from WTO. We look at the origin of WTO. They all came by Christians. Really, United Nations was formed at a Methodist Church at Westminster. That's where United Nations was born. If you go to Methodist Church in, 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 uh, in uh, Westminster today, you will see the plaque there. The first meeting of United Nations, well, it was there they formed the word United Nations. And I will help you understand this because there are some Christians today who are not spiritual and not really very learned. But yet, they have confused the church of God about these their philosophical doctrines about the Antichrist. And I will give you information to clarify that because all those things, Satan brought them to just engage you and I in what is useless. Instead of seeking God, we are seeking the what is all this stuff. I think I haven't spoken loud enough, you know, at all in CFT when it comes to Brexit. You only know that I did papers on that. I will have done my PhD on that. But there is no need because what I wrote is enough. We will look at that very, very strictly. And God will help us. And then we will look at the scriptures. I was told by one of them that the, there is in the United, in the European Union, uh, um, um, Parliament, there is a seat empty, and the number of the seats is 666. I don't know whether you have heard that. So my intention is to go to the European Union 
and sit on that chair. They said that chair is for, they don't know. And they said that they always need the chair open. And when they asked them, that's what they claim. And they said to them that this is for a special person. That's what the minister claimed. If I'm able to get this video, I'll play it to you also, you know. But we need to know the truth about these things. And then you can make your opinion. As far as I'm concerned, Brexit or no Brexit, we will be blessed. That's why God ruffled feathers, so that Christians can take over their position. We have been robbed so much. When it's time for God to break the way for Christians, He will confuse everybody and cause trouble. And Christians who can walk by the Spirit, before they wake up, we are in control. So our heart is, where is the perforation here so that we can walk through? And we will see that by God's grace. We'll look at preparing the church of God. We have the, the superiority of saints of God over the devil and demons. We look at running a debt-free church, church governance, financial management, and budgeting. Very, very briefly, all that will be together. Raising an army of people, that is a people, a true church. A true church, let me tell you, is a place you are by. Everybody is happy. Some say, can we make everybody happy? No, we can't. But everybody is happy because they know the Lord. And in a church that is a true church, if the pastor says on a Sunday, suddenly, I need 10 people to meet me here tomorrow, they will show up. As a true church. The shepherd is father to the sheep. And the sheep are children to the shepherd. The sheep truly trust their shepherd. And the shepherd truly believes in his sheep. He lives his life for every member of the church to succeed. He has no fear or reservation. Oh, maybe they will leave me. He cannot come to the concept of a shepherd when he is dispensing his job. We will look at that critically. Whether you are 10 million church or you are 50 church, if that is missing... It is no church. Then we look at um, satanic operations in last days and the coming of the Lord, the life and death. We look at the new Jerusalem and also high impact leadership. These are the things that we'll be looking at during this season. But I will say to you that my first lecture. If you look at your, uh, your um, what do you call it now, um, timetable, I did not put a topic there. And what I wrote there in your timetable are not specific topics, but they are the main topic. Do you get it now? Somebody should get the help in that place. Yes, I know that you are struggling with it. Don't worry. Uh, just switch it at the back and it will go off. Power off and that's it. All right. Engineer doesn't even know it. You are an old engineer, that's why. Give it to a young boy, they will do it for you. With all your shattered engineer. You...
The first thing I want us to go through is this. For any church to ensue, you must have church doctrines. And your doctrine, or doctrinal, let me say doctrinal belief first. And your doctrinal belief must come from the consensus of Christians. Because you cannot discover any new thing from what has been discovered in the ancient times when it comes to Christian doctrinal belief. We have consensus in it. It is the Bible. And your doctrinal belief must be very, very sound and Christ-centered. In Christ's tabernacle, number one, we believe we are part of the body of Christ and also unique in our calling. That's our first belief. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 17 to 20. Number two, we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that all the three are one. Which is part of Apostles' Creed. Number three, we believe in the baptism by immersion only. Because that is how Jesus was baptized. If you don't write it, don't worry, I'll give you a printout of this. <clears throat> Number four, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. According to the book of Acts chapter 2. We believe that if anybody is baptized with the Holy Spirit, he will speak in tongues. We believe that all Christians have received the Holy Spirit. But baptism of the Holy Spirit is different from receiving the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe because that is how Jesus taught it and happened to the apostles, the first church. Then we believe and affirm the apostles' creed. We believe in respect to number six. We believe in respecting, recognizing, and working with other unique parts of the body as the body of Christ, the church of the living God. So we are not the best church, neither are we inferior church. We are part of a big empire of God on earth, and we believe in working with other parts. Without criticizing the weaker part, but strengthening such, if and when permitted. And that has not to do with wrong doctrine. We face wrong doctrine and criticize wrong doctrine. A weak part of the church, like I will go into a Roman Catholic church. They don't speak in tongues there. But I will never criticize them for not speaking in tongues. I will go into a Baptist church. They don't heal the sick there. They don't speak in tongues there. I will not talk about their doctrine. The connection center is Jesus Christ. That's the reason why the White Garment Church invited me for the 80-year anniversary of their founder. In England. And that 80-year anniversary, when I spoke in that place, all those who remain as fathers of that movement, they were tears. And one of them said that I did not know I would see this before my death. The man is in his late 80s. He said to me, the whole of Undo State is open to you, sir. Come and do revival for us. I'll be going there to do revival for people like that. Because he saw the beginning. He saw the church derail. But he wants the church back on his footing. So, that is what we are. So, in my crusade, you can see people in white garments. It doesn't, white garment doesn't matter. It is your heart, God, that matters. 
So we believe in respecting and recognizing and working to, with other unique parts of the body of Christ without criticizing the weaker, the weak, or the weaker parts, but strengthening such if and when we are permitted. Number seven, we believe in the uncompromising gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, i.e., as there will be many false prophets, ministers, and churches in this end time, we do not associate with such, but are expected to expose such by the word of God, so as to educate the body of Christ, even as we declare our association with the faithful. Second Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 5. You can see what is the driver behind the way I praise. It came from our doctrine of our beliefs. Number eight, we believe in the planting of churches in every continent of the globe with a view to discipling nations and raising up an army of people for Christ. Matthew twenty four fourteen, Matthew twenty eight, nineteen to twenty. Number nine. We believe in training and equipping the church through ministry gifts to prepare God's people for the work of service as every Christian is called into ministry. Every member of our church is called into ministry. That does not mean they are ministers. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 14. Number 10. We believe in contributing to the social need of our community as a means of demonstrating God's love. Luke 10, 25, 37. I think when I'm, the more I read into the higher level of intellectual stuff, the more I see that what CFT has already been is what they are just teaching people. Corporate social responsibility. It is in the Bible. This has been written, this is what I'm writing, teaching you. They are the things that God has given us for 29 years. The world may not just be discovering them. Number 11 says, we believe in the power of prayer and fasting. This church pray. This church fast. But we don't exploit people. We believe in devoting ourselves to the apostolic teaching to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Ephesians 2, 19, 20. Acts 2, 42 to 47. Number 13. We believe in supporting our church with our tithes and offerings. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 5. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 14. Malachi 6, 3, 6 to 12, Luke 11:42. Number 14, we believe we are part of God's end time army with a mandate of territorial protection. That is to say that anywhere a member of this church is, you are God's representative in the area. Any evil you permit is what can happen in your area. Any evil you do not permit cannot ensue. To every member. And I will tell you how we throw this teaching. How do we get members to engage in the belief? So that it is not just a proclamation, it is a manifestation. 
A member of CFT Church who lives in an area does not hear arm robber came here and then he sleeps over it. Or he starts to be afraid that they are coming from house to house. Your house is protected, it's guarded. If they are passing from house to house, you can freeze them and stop them. If you wake up when they are operating, that should bring an end to that operation. You have the power, you have the right, you only know how to. You only need to know how to. You open your mouth. But it comes from your belief. We are God's own army with a mandate of territorial protection. Number 15, we believe in submitting to and working with our spiritual authority and the government of our nation while we encourage our members to actively participate in politics and prevail. Or participate in politics and government without compromising their Christian faith or values. Romans chapter 13, 1 to 7. These are 15 cardinal points of belief that are the driving force or the engine of our operations in Christ with Tabernacle. Having taken you through the beliefs, our doctrinal belief, now we can look at our vision. In looking at the vision, we first look at our mission statement. Because a vision is very broad. And because a vision is very broad, a vision therefore needs to be broken down to a slogan. A slogan is very, very brief and easy to remember. But a slogan should be the, the it should be pregnant. It is a slogan is pregnant of a vision, and we call the slogan mission statement. Therefore, our mission statement in Christ with Tabernacle is demonstrating God's power through love, which came from the book of John three sixteen. And then the second part of it, building overcomers for tomorrow. And that came from the book of Revelation, chapter 2 to chapter 3. Chapter 2, verse 7. Chapter 2, verse 11. Chapter 2, verse 17. Chapter 2, verse 26. Chapter 3, verse 5. Chapter 3, verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 21. You will have all this, I'll give them to you. All of you who attend today, I'll give you. Now, when I was explaining about vision, I said to you that vision is very... is. Our vi- the vision of a Christian is global. Are we together? Come on now, let's talk. Because some of these things, I'll be making reference on them tomorrow when I teach about, you know, impact le- leadership. Or effective leadership. Now, Jesus said, go ye into all the world. Not go into your village. Make disciples of all nations not nation. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all I have taught you. Then he says, you do that and lo, I'm with you. So, a church who remains in their local room, do they have the right for him to be with them? No. Because he said, lo, I'm with you is... After you have decided to go, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth 
right with Holy Ghost and power and how he went about doing good and healing everyone under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now, Jesus was born as a, as in the house of a carpenter. He was a carpenter till he was 30. He didn't do anything. You never heard him raise the dead. You never heard the sick healed by him. He was never recorded. But the moment after the encounter at 30 with John and the Holy Spirit commissioned him. Then, in that river, no sick was healed. Many sick people came there. He went back to his house, his area on that day. Many sick people were there. They were not healed. We recorded miracles of healing and deliverance from Christ when Jesus began to go from place to place. Those of you who have been with me to Israel, you remember that we looked at the Tiberian Sea, the Galilean Sea, all around the Galilean Sea, massive. And Jesus went from one city to the other, round the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee is massive. It's bigger than London. In length. But he went from place to place, from place to place, from place to place. And the moment he began to go, then healing took place. Then deli- I remember when we got to Gadarene, where the madman of Gadarene was here. We could not wait to go and stand in that spot. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I remember when we got to the room where they, they opened the roof and they brought the invalid. They, 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 they excavated that area till today. But you see, Acts 34, 10 did not, uh, Acts chapter 10, 38, it did not come to fulfillment until Jesus went out. It didn't. So therefore also, for us, vision is global. But it has to start from a room. Therefore, when we go into effective leadership, you begin to recognize the connection between internal leadership development with the view of globalization. That is, with the view of the impact of, you know, uh, development in the whole world, how that will impact your sense of organizational development. That is, your own uh, internal house, developing each leader and your organization being effective in the society. We'll look at that tomorrow probably. So, therefore, the vision God has given to us is global. But the whole world is too large. That's the reason why we look for how do we represent the vision in a way that it will be pregnant of the global, global vision, but it is attainable by a primary school child. And that is building overcomers, demonstrating God's power through love, building overcomers for tomorrow. Now, definition of mission statement. That's our mission statement. A mission statement is a statement about our missions, i.e., summary of all missions. This mission statement takes its root from your vision. A vision is usually huge and robust, and it speaks of the end. But you must note this, that vision Mission statement is the driver of a vision. 
Because you can easily remember a slogan. And it should wake you up to your holistic vision. When I said, if it is thinkable, it is doable. It's easy for you to remember, Apostle said that. But the moment you remember that, you begin to remember all the lectures that I spoke about your personality and the personality of Christ and the power of your mind, the power of decision. These are big topics that came under that, that very lecture. The power of agreement. And you can recover many things from that statement. And that is what mission statement is. It is the driver to the vision. If a person does not have a mission statement, he will soon forget his vision intermittently. Therefore, in a vision, many missions emerge. A mission statement, therefore, is a practical way or route of translating a vision to make it achievable. A vision can be so global that one may not be able to comprehend the absolute way of achieving it. Hence, a mission statement is a route or a means to the end. Why mission statements? An organization with a mission statement is one without, an organization without a mission statement is one without a direction. For any organization to be able to exist and also to be relevant and effective, it must have what we call mission statements. A mission statement is also the practical route to achieving the vision when a vision is not properly translated into a mission statement the possibility is there for the mission not to be achievable or it could take a longer route to achieve it the mission statement of Christ with Tabernacle CFT is seen in Revelation 2.7. In fact, several scriptures were brought together to form the mission statement of CFT Church. One, Revelations 2.7, Revelations 2.11, 2.17, 2.26, 3.19, 3.23, the underlining factor of our mission statement is to he who overcomes. So we build every member to become an overcomer. You know, yesterday, you know, we pastors are talking, and that I gave my time to that, though I said that once you close, I'm going home. But one of the pastors started talking, myself and Pastor and they were talking about, um, you know, issues of ministers of God who fell. And people who are great, but they have a black side of them, isn't it, Pastor? And they will not discover it until they are mighty. And suddenly you hear that this one is this. You hear that that one is that. And so it became a thing of a concern. Of course, it has been a thing of a concern in the body. But when I began to hear views about analysis of why this is, I said, let me give you the answer. <laughs> the only reason why that happened to them is because many don't understand. Anointing 
is not maturity. God can anoint a baby. Doesn't mean he's matured. And that baby can command the whole nation and the crowd will come to him. That is the reason why when Philip caused trouble in Samaria and the whole city was saved, he had to leave for those who are matured, who have the knowledge of governmental operation, how to manage the people and disciple them. He has to give way for them to take over. He didn't stay there. It's my ministry. It's my ministry. It's finished. It's gone. Ministry is over. The ministry brought the people. Then others have to come in and operate. And because many were not matured and people did not understand that, and also the issue of why do many Christians worship some men, it is because those men are not matured. And that now boils down to the fact that they do not have intimate relationship with the God who gave the gift. That's what we recognize. And I told them, like in Christ's faith tabernacle, I tell everyone in this church, I, some of you, your, what God has uh, uh, apportioned you is bigger than what I'm doing. It's bigger in the area of operations, power, prophetic and stuff. Because I used to sit down in a pew before. And pastors look at me. Only few of them who are the prophets knew that, you this boy, God will use you. Be careful, behave yourself, okay? Don't behave like ordinary boy, eh? But there are many who didn't know that. So I tell you all the time, among you are people who God will use in greater dimension. And I pray to God, if the Lord Jesus will not come in my lifetime, I, when, when I clock 70, I will sit down and you will be manifesting. So now I'm getting you into operation gradually, including children of 5 and 3. I'm raising them. And I'm putting them on pulpit, isn't it? I put 6 and 10 on pulpit so that before my eyes they are manifesting. And then I go to them in the secret, encourage them that that was a good, very, very good message you have preached. But next time, pray for the sick. Do this. Everything I do, I tell them, do. And I tell all of you, there is nothing God did to me that he cannot do to you. He will do greater to you because I am teaching you. Holy Ghost is teaching you. I, but I only been taught by Holy Ghost. So you have more privilege because... I had more privilege than my fathers, and I learned under them. So, and I said to them, this is, this attitude I have, which has become the attitude of Christ with Tabernacle, a pastor is not intimidated by a member who started to prophesy, God coming to prophetic of him. We use that gift. If God, I know that God has en, uh, empowered you to, to heal cripple, and in your, in your own operation, any cripple, they just run away like that. I will, I will go and get crippled to the church. And I say, brother, oh yeah, pray. Because that's the reason why God gave the gift to you. I'm not intimidated by your gift because I have my own gift too. Building overcomers for tomorrow. In the concept of a builder, you don't think about building collapse. No, you think about how, how um, uh, compliant your building is. And you make sure that all the materials that you are using is as designed and approved. So a builder does not think of collapse. So a minister of God who is given money to build other lives do not have in his concept what about if they leave me. It cannot come to your head. It can't come to your head. 
heard me? Absolutely. Your children that you give birth to at home, the way you can't think of them when you are raising them, you can't think of your children in church. When you are raising your children, sending them to primary school, going to take them every day, bring them home, take lessons for them, and build them up. Do you ever think that this child will leave you one day? No, no, you don't remember that. It's not your concept. Your concept is that this is my child. It should be greater than me. It should be much greater than me. Everything you know, you put. Your money, you give. You fast. You don't eat. You, you make sure that they eat. You go and clothe them. You don't have clothes. They, you, when they come to you for money, they don't ask. They don't think about house rent. It's your own business to make sure that the rent is paid and everything is done. For them, whenever they have money, you will make sure you put something. You don't want your child to come to you and go back and say that my father can't help me. So everyone sent by God, your brain must be like that. But however, when they grow, they go. It is your joy that they are well established. Leave my bag alone. Don't answer, Pastor. This is my briefcase. You don't like it? But the people there, God deliver you from unlikeness spirit. Leave my briefcase alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not talking about briefcase, I'm talking about life. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you something about my briefcase. When I was doing crusade, <laughs> true, true now. When I was doing crusade in uh, Olowu, in CSC Olowu, I used to have one briefcase that mommy bought for me from Copenhagen or something like that. And that briefcase has uh, cloth on his body, they, you know. So I carried that briefcase. And then suddenly, after God had been messing up the witches and wizards and stuff, they went to their meeting and they said, that, where is the source of his power? And one of them said that that briefcase, that briefcase. <laughs> so whenever I carry the briefcase and they see me coming, everybody run. <laughs> They said, that is, that is where he kept the power he's using. And you know what is in my briefcase? Bible. <laughs> so when one of them began to confess under fire, she began to scream. She said, we went to the meeting. <laughs> we tried to kill you on the dream. We could not. We sent a girl to you. We said, we gave you full of madness of top. Yeah, we failed. And then we said, how can we get his briefcase? But everybody's afraid. <laughs> Everybody's afraid to touch your briefcase because we know that that is where your power is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, therefore, <laughs> the driver force under your mind is to train and raise overcomers. And that boils down into servant leadership theory of leadership principle. And transformational theory, which we look tomorrow into tomorrow, very, very deeply. Christ said in the book of John 14, 12, If you have faith in me, you will do the things I've been doing, and greater works shall you do. So if Jesus wants us to do greater works, we must want our members to do greater works. Someone says that you cannot outshine Jesus. Jesus does not mind about you outshining him. He wants you to outshine him because he's the one shining through you. Shine out is outshine. Are we together now? Now, the common statement in all letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, which is 
and that is to who who overcomes. And from this, we derive our mission statement. The mission statement is not the mission, is not the vision, but the route to achieving the vision. The mission statement is simply a reminder of the vision. The summary that encapsulates the life focus. And if this is kept alive, it keeps one in line. As a minister of this house, if you keep this alive, it will keep you in line. All the ones that said that somebody was a minister, God bless him, he was so great, and then we discovered that he has a dark side. With dark side, what I am is what my members know. No be so. When I was sick on the pulpit, I said, Apostle is Did I not say so? And the last two weeks I was sick, I said, Apostle is sick. The following morning I received text from Pastor Kata, who said that when you were preaching yesterday, you said you were sick. We have prayed for you, and the Lord has healed you. I got out of my sickness. <laughs> Pastor Kata from India. I got out of my sickness. Because if I don't tell you that I'm sick, it's wonderful for some people to think that I am sick-proof in this church. I told you, I am not holier than you. Because we all inherited the same holiness. So, you can touch me. I can touch you. You can't run away from me. Not in CRT. Members of CRT, they don't fear me. But they respect me. And that is what God wants. When I'm coming, they don't run away. Ah, he's coming. Hey, hey, hey. No, 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 no. I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, Papa, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. As I'm coming out of my pulpit, my grandchildren are running about. I'm hugging it. They want the hug. They know they will get it. The one that the mother is taking away will cry, Leave me. Let me go and greet the apostle. Say, You can't greet the apostle. Don't disturb me. Say, Let me go and greet The day one of them was crying, Apostle, apostle. Ah. I said, what's the matter with you, this woman? Bring my daughter to me, job. I hugged the child. The child said, I told you, mommy. So I will go. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm hugging the children, the mothers too will say, Apostle, okay, I hug you too. <laughs> and the fathers. That is what the word of God is. That is what the work of God should be. That is what Christ is. So I said to you, the summary that encapsulates the life focus, that is your vision. The mission statement is simply a reminder of your vision. And the, the mission statement is the summary that encapsulates the life focus. And if this is kept alive, it keeps you in line. You can't derail. You can't follow people to go and get bodyguard. You can't use church money to go and buy jet bomber. You can't say you are so, so they demand you everywhere. Look at brother, I he, I was, what's his name? He walked and he was invisible. You know what I was saying to mommy yesterday? I said, but when the Lord said to him to go to the other city, the Lord can make him disappear and appear there. But, you know, he may be scared at that level. So now he's still a young believer. So God is helping him to just train him a little, little, that you can walk among people and they, I will make you invisible and they won't see you. But the time will come that he will disappear from one place and, and appear at that place. He will have read that too yes. in the book of Acts. So that when it happened, he does, hey, where am I? And think that some cabals have taken him. Yeah, that is the Holy Spirit for you. We must be kept in check. Every minister 
a member, an affiliate of CFT, should know this. If anyone should ask what is the success behind Apostle Williams, the answer is simple. Apostle Williams has a mission on earth to make every soul that comes across him an overcomer. Which stems from the volume of revelation, revelations he has received from the Lord Jesus about he who overcomes. We're going to stop this session at this. We have just two minutes and I'll give you till um, a break to go and uh, we or come back. We will start ten minutes after twelve. God bless you. Yeah, you can maybe they have tea or coffee there. The tea coffee ladies you fire us up.